So it's very funny. It's confirmation. So Norma prayed, but part of my sermon, <laughs> and George used the scripture. <laughs> so obviously God's doing work in us today. I pop my glasses because I'm blind. So I'm going to read from Proverbs 31.10 from 26 down. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband is also and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you, you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the renew that she has earned and let the works begin. Bring her to the praise of the city gates. And I just think that that has always been something I've enjoyed um, reading um, over the years. I think it's strengthened me a lot. Um, just it's a, Proverbs is an amazing part of the Bible that um, really in story is beautiful to read. But it really shows the heart of the Lord. And I believe that women reflect God's love in such an amazing way um, because it's, it's just when you have a child, you have unconditional love for them. And that's what God's love is for us, unconditional. And then also um, today, the girls, Norma's daughters gave her a gift. And the gift has a prophetic word on it. And um, this is also something that God showed me. So firstly, I wanted to honour the mothers of Pastor Claudio and Norma. So um, Camilla, Nonna Camilla and, um, and to Kennedy Ayub. And I believe, I've known them for many years, so I've watched their mothers with them. And I've watched the love that they bestowed upon them and to all that came into their homes, including me. And I believe that it's a generational thing of mother's love. And so I honour you, Camilla. You're a beautiful mother and you're the mother of our pastor and we, we honour you. And, and even though Hennet is no longer with us, her daughter is a great reflection of who she was. So we honour you. This is something the Lord had showed me, which is just unbelievable, really, how it all worked out this morning. Um, but it, this is this, um, the prophecy that was written for Norma. As I was praying for you, the Lord was showing your beautiful mother's heart. Your heart is not just to nurture your children and grandchildren, but the ones around you, um, but your heart has the capacity to nurture and love a nation, just like Deborah she arose a mother, bless you, the mother of nations. And I believe that because I've watched Norma over the years take lots of people under her wing and, and go out batting for them and praying for them, and sometimes to her detriment. It doesn't always work out, but when God puts it on your heart, it's what we should do. And I was just watching this morning, I was watching Jasmine holding her baby brother, and she said she's 13, and I remember I was 12 when my, my mum's second marriage, they had two more children, and my sister Debbie was born. And I, the way Jasmine was holding her brother and looking so lovingly into his eyes and him back to her, it reminded me of how much love I had for my sister. And I ra helped raise my little sister and brother. And that's why I think that well, we are all women are nurturers from a young age. Some of us are blessed to have our biological children. But for those that aren't, they will always have opportunities to really love and mother someone that will come their way. And I think that... God does give us that and we need to be mothers of 
this country, of the, our community and of the nations. And I think that when you really, um, you know, allow yourself to love, I mean, I have a great capacity to love other people's children. It's always been in me. And I, and I really grow from that because when you love another person's child, they love you back. Like when you, they, the seeds that you sow from a young age into other children besides your own will always come back to you. And I've received that love over and over again from the children that have been in my path. And I feel so blessed that God's given me that heart because it's something so special and so of God, you know. Um, the other thing that God was showing me is our first, the, the mother of Jesus. Like last night I, I prayed and I had such a, a weighty burden for what she had to go through watching her son be taken to slaughter. And yet letting him go, like today Alex prayed about how you have to release them to God and that was also a confirmation to me that God showed me that Mary had to release her son back to him to do the work that he was born for. But it didn't lessen the burden. Her heart was breaking for him. So I honour Mary, who birthed our Christ, our Lord, our Saviour. And she is a reflection of a mother's heart that we can all look towards. And the other thing the Lord showed me was we're not all blessed with great mums. And many of us in this world have had to suffer not having the best mothers. And I would just encourage anyone that hasn't had that experience to look for mothers in your community, in your church and lean in. For me, I was very blessed in the early part of my Christian walk to be have a spiritual mother, Minta Baker, who spent hours of time with me in deliverance and also speaking into my life in with wisdom. She's still a spiritual mother to me and someone who I honour and love so much. And she has spoken to so many people's lives. I mean, there's a generation in this church that have sat under Minta's feet. So I honour her today. And then this morning when I got up, I put on my mother's pearl ring and my mother's and father's wedding ring. Sorry. <laughs> and I, I felt, you know, you're always connected to your mother. She might leave, they go to heaven, they leave, whatever happens. But those first few years where they nurture and love you, it holds you well throughout your life. And the other thing that the Lord showed me last night was um, when I first became a mother, and it was always in my heart, it was a great desire of mine to want to have children. And when I birthed my son, I remember the love that flooded over me that was so incredible that it came from God. I just felt it. I felt him in the room, and I lifted up my son and gave him to the Lord and said, bless him and keep him. And that's the mother's heart because it brings it back to the Lord, back to the Father. We connect in that way. And I also think that um, watching over other young women in the church of late, we have a new generation of mothers in this church who I want to honour. I want to say that you are fantastic mothers. Like, I've watched you. We live in a generation that is more difficult and has so much more pressures on it than what we did when our children were young. Like, just social media, the internet, all of that. You have to protect your children in such a way, but you've got to let them live. You've got to let them be a little bit free range at times, which... It's, it's, a, it's hard to do. And there's so much more information now that young mothers can almost go insane with trying to carry what to do and how to do that right for your children. But I just want to say, trust in God. We don't get it right all the time. We're not... It, children don't come with manuals and every single child is different and you have to mother them all according to what their needs are. 
And I think that um, one thing that God really showed me is that you don't have to be a perfect mother. You just have to know when to say sorry if you've got it wrong and to tell your children all the time how much you love them. And always know that even if your child's striving to please you, that they know that just their existence pleases you and it's so special in every way. And we're all different families. We have blended families. We have, you know, families that have uh, uh, older now and your children are grown up and they have children. But, like, I think that the key word to everything, which is the mother's heart, is love. And that sews us all together. The other thing I would say is for the young girls, if you, if you ever need to ask one of the older women in this church that you want them to pray for you or you want some advice or that you just need a hug, you just ask because we're here for you 100%. You are never going to get through this life unless you lean on others. I can't even tell you the amount of times I went into Minta's office and had her pray for me. I went to Norma's house and Ford's house and had coffee and they prayed for me. You don't get through it all on your own. If you try to, you're causing yourself a lot of harm and it also causes your children harm. A happy mother is a happy home. I'm not discounting what a father brings. But a mother wakes up in the morning and does what she needs to do and it sometimes is exhausting. And one of the other things that I... Because I've wor always worked full-time throughout my having children, um, whether it was sometimes in a salon, sometimes at home, and I needed to do that for financial reasons. But I often struggled with knowing was I being a good enough mother because I worked. And there was... At that time, a lot of women didn't work. Um, mothers of the school that my kids went to were able to stay home with their kids and I often felt a little bit jealous of that because I wasn't in that position and then sometimes people would say things that maybe they didn't mean the way they came out but because I had that feeling I would sometimes feel hurt by them and think oh you know I'm not a good enough mother I need to stay home but I would just say my kids have turned out just fine and I think that that's because of the community. They were brought up in a church community. And when I couldn't do something, I had beautiful, beautiful friends, Norma, i.e. one of them, who helped me, helped me with my children, picked them up, loved them, kept them overnight whenever needed. And I think that that's the way to get through this life is to rely on each other. And then one of the last things that Lord showed me last night, which I feel is probably a sad way to finish off, but... Um, we're living in perilous times. The world's a mess. And he showed me many women crying because they're dying and their kids are going to be left orphaned. This pandemic is just so ripe and we need to pray and pray and pray for the third world countries at this time who, whose parents are dying. Like, they're already... They're countries that are struggling anyway. And these are the countries that have been hit the worst. And... Who's going to look after the children? So as mothers and fathers and families, we need to be really mindful that we are blessed in this country and we have been, we've weathered this storm so well, but there is so many in this world who have not. We need to be committing some time every day to pray, to pray for there to come an end to this pandemic and to pray for people who have wealth that will rise up and send funds to help out in this world and even from the little that we have, whatever we can give at some point, where we know where it's going to go through instruments, through the, the church, that we need to do that because that's our responsibility to mother the world. Yeah. So.
thank you for listening to me and bless you all and have a beautiful Mother's Day. Thank you, Auntie Linda. I still call her Auntie Linda. I love her because she has been a second mum to us and always been there for us. And um, she's an amazing woman. You read Proverbs 31 and I'm pretty sure it was about her. <laughs> but um, I uh, wanted to actually start by reading that Proverbs 31. And I know it sounds cliche, but I really love this scripture. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because it's a scripture that's dedicated to women, right? Just for women. Sorry, men, you don't have your own proverb. We do. This is how highly God thinks of women, how highly he values women. And so I want to read to you Proverbs 31 in the Passion Translation because it's like poetry. But... Hey, hey, I read it mainly in the New King James, guys. It's just a really good version. Come on. All right. Who could ever find a woman like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty valor. She's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. Her husband has entrusted his heart to her, for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. And I love this, and I'll tell you why. Because there are so many times that wars are won, that victory is found when a mother is on her knees in prayer. Because women are prayers and we are warriors in prayer. And so many times I know that wars are won because a woman was praying. All throughout her life, she brings what is good and not evil. She searches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. That's a hard one. Sometimes I don't always delight in the work of my hands, but I'm thankful for it. She gives out revelation truth to feed others. She is like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. Even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it as her own, carrying it within her. She labors there to plant the living vines. She wraps herself in strength and might and power in all her works. She tastes and experience, she tastes and experiences a better substance, and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night. She stretches out her hands to help the needy. And I thought of when you were praying, that's the first scripture I thought of, I'm sorry, speaking, Linda, about how we as women have such a compassion for the nations in us. And she lays hold of the wheels of government. She is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor, for she always reaches out her hands to those in need. She is not afraid of tribulation, for all her household is covered in the jewel garments of righteousness and grace. Her clothing is beautifully knit together. Her husband is famous and admired by all, sitting as the venerable judge of his people, the, the superpa. And my, and my husband, even her works of righteousness she does for the benefit of her enemies. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. And I want to stop there for a moment because this is the thing you talk about, the mothers of our generation and how we have so much more pressure. And I try and flip that sometimes because, yeah, we do. 
There's a lot. It's a hard generation to be raising children. But at the same time, I look at the latter days in joy. Because I see that there is a great pouring of the Holy Spirit coming. I see that there will be a grace on our generation to raise our children that has never been before. I see that there will be a power and a glory over this generation that hasn't come before us. And so I laugh with joy over the latter days because I see that the nations will turn to Jesus. And I see that my children would lead revival. And I see that my children will be filled and walk with the Holy Spirit like I've never seen before. So we laugh with joy for the latter days. And we need to remain in that joy. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to finish the proverb. I'm like, I forgot how long this was. Anyway, her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the ways of her household. Her sons and daughters arise in one, extol, in one accord to extol her virtues. And her husband arises to speak of her in glowing terms. There are many valiant and noble ones, but you have ascended them all. Charm can be misleading and beauty is vain so quickly fades, but this virtuous woman lives in the wonder and awe and fear of the Lord. Love that. It's such a beautiful passage of scripture. I'm just going to quickly wrap it up, but it's hard not to because this is my favorite thing to talk about, you understand. Last year, when I, um, we started 2020, I had this beautiful vision. I was praying before a women's meeting, and I had this beautiful vision. And I saw um, an army of women, shoulder to shoulder, like this, like arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, marching over the earth. And I saw that God, and God said, and as I saw this picture, I saw the words, justice warriors. And I saw a generation of women who would fight for justice. I saw a generation of women who would rise up and lead this revival alongside their men. I saw a generation of women who would rise up and, and, and declare the works of Jesus, who would declare their king, who would make him known. And I do believe, and it's been confirmed by my dad who's prophesied at many times, that women will be pertinent in this next move of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you women, you're on the front lines. You're on the front lines, not only in prayer, but in every other aspect. You're in the front lines when you're at home with your children. You're in the front lines when you're at work. You're in the front lines when you're on a stage preaching. You're in the front lines when you're worshiping. God has created a very special place for women. I often think throughout the word of God how many women were prayers and how much breakthrough was seen because of the women who prayed all throughout the Bible. I think of Hannah. Oh, how she prayed and prayed and prayed until she had her son and then she gave him to the Lord. There's so many women throughout the Bible who prayed. I think of, you know what, I think of JL. Oh, I love her. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Deborah and Jael because the Lord says, he says, this victory will not be delivered into the hands of Sisera. Sorry, yeah, is Sisera? Barak. 
this victory will not be delivered into the hands of Barak. It will be delivered into the hands of a woman. And Deborah prophesies this. Deborah, who led Israel for 40 years. You can read about it in Judges 4 if you're a bit confused about a woman leading Israel. But Deborah leads Israel for 40 years. And then she says, this is one of the biggest victories that Israel has ever seen. And she says, this victory will be delivered into the hands of a woman. Can I tell you who this woman was? She was a housewife. They call her, they, when they sing about JL, they say she was a tent woman. And I imagine that that is a housewife. A woman who lived in the tents. A woman who cared for her family in her tent. A woman who nurtured her family in the tent. She was unknown to anyone else. But I know that she would have been a woman who prayed for her family. She would have been a Proverbs 31 woman who cared for her family. That's who JL was. And then... They, uh, they, I think it was Sisera. I'm, I'm getting confused with the names, but you don't have to quote me. Sisera comes in to her tent one day and she tells him, oh, come in, I'll give you a drink of water. She gives him a drink of water. He goes to sleep and then she kills him in her tent. This is a story in the Bible. With a tent peg. <laughs> with a hammer and a tent peg. And she delivers a victory to Israel. So cool. I always wished that I loved her so much when I was having daughters because she totally would have been a JL. But um, I just love this story because to me it's just like, look at how highly God favors women. Look at the women who found Jesus. The very first witnesses of Jesus were women. The very first witnesses. And do you know that in those days, that completely weakened his testimony? Because in those days, the, the witness of a woman didn't mean half as much as the witness of a man. But he revealed himself first to women. It didn't matter about his testimony. He wanted to give them, them this very special honor. So I want to honor you women today. I want to honor you for all you do for all you give to your home, for all you give to those around you, that you are justice warriors, that you are on the front lines, even days you don't feel like it. I do not feel like it often. I do not feel like it when my daughter empties the container of rice all over my kitchen floor and then I go to the next room and she's covered her head in moisturizer and I have to scrub it out of her hair. I do not feel it. But that is motherhood and I can scrub moisturizer out of my daughter's hair and then come up and preach his word and be on my knees and praying for my family at home and all of those things keep me at the front line so I just want to honor you mums today I'm going to wrap that up why don't we stand why don't the worship team come on I'm going to pray over the women here do you feel empowered women okay can I tell you something, men, for just a second? I'm sorry I've been speaking to the I've been speaking to the women, but that's because it's their day, you know. You'll get your day. But I want to tell you something. You should feel empowered to have these mighty ones alongside you. You should feel empowered. You do get mentioned in Proverb 31, so that's pretty nice of God. He's pretty kind. 
But I just want women to feel empowered and encouraged and uplifted and restored and revived this morning. When we were praying in the prayer room, God gave me this beautiful picture of his breath blowing in this place. Ruah, his breath, the very breath of God. And as he breathed, I saw just a restoration and a revival and a refreshing coming over every single person here. So I'm going to pray for a refreshing. And I'm going to pray that the very breath of God would just breathe afresh on you. You know, his breath is life itself. When he breathes, things come to life. They awaken. I'm going to finish by sharing a scripture. And then we'll close because I know you guys have lunches to go to and you're probably like, Bianca, look at the time. And I'm like, Holy Spirit is here, guys. Hold your horses. So I love this parable, the parable about the ten virgins. And it says that um, at the time my coming draws near, heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise and sensible, for they took flasks of olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. How often does this happen to us when we're awaiting something? We've been waiting and waiting and waiting and praying and praying and praying, and we're like, God, like, this hasn't happened. And it says when he didn't come that when they expected, sometimes things don't come when we expect them to, they fell asleep. They grew drowsy and fell asleep. And there could be some of us here today who've fallen asleep maybe, waiting. And then it says when the bridegroom, sorry, then suddenly, God is a God of the suddenlies. Then suddenly in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, get up, the bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. I want to tell you that I feel that this is just such a special word for women on my heart this morning. Because us women, we're not often sleepy. We hear the first cry in the middle of the night when our babies are crying. We're the ones who are light sleepers. We hear the the noises in the middle of the night. We We do not have the bread of idleness. We are awake and we're ready and we're waiting and God has given us this special ability so that we know that when the time comes, we'll be ready. We are women who will be ready. And he's given us that special ability to be awake and alert and aware of what is happening in the spirit realm. And so I just want to pray for all of us and I want to pray especially for those who feel that they may have fallen asleep or who need reviving or or restoring or refreshing this morning. I'm just going to pray a prayer for you, and then we're going to close it. We're going to worship, close it, and go. And you can go to lunch with your mums. But I just pray that you would just receive his refreshing this morning. That as his breath blows through this place, because I know it does and I know it will, that you would just so feel a sense, and you will encounter him. That's what it says. It says, get up. The bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him.
So I'm going to pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every person here, Lord, right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray the very breath of God would blow through this place, Lord God. I pray that you would revive hearts, Lord God, that you would restore hearts. I pray that you would restore families this morning. Your very breath brings life and life in abundance, Lord. So I pray that life would flow through this place. Lord God, I pray for an awakening in this place that spiritual eyes would be opened. I pray that anything that would try to divide and destroy would be gone in the name of Jesus. It would be blown out of this place in the name of Jesus because your breath carries life and power. But I pray for a great refreshing. I pray for a great refreshing over every single person here. May you revive their heart once more, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let's worship. One more song, guys. Okay, hang on a second. Sorry, guys. I wasn't going to say anything, but I, I just want to share one thing. One thing. We'd have far less problems. Now, I'm going to, it's a gentle rebuke to us men. You know, the scripture says this Husbands, for those who are married, husbands, love. Your wife, like what? Christ loved the church. Loves the church. So what does that mean? Lay down your life. The problem with a lot of us men, now I'm going to say this, we're a bit selfish. Come on. We're more selfish than the women are. I admit it. They're willing. We'd have far less problems. Oh, but she doesn't resp- Zip it. Love your wife. Like honor. I'm t- why, why is it that? There's something significant. How God sees this precious female species. If we'd only get that right. So a gentle rebuke to us men on Mother's Day. God bless you. Thanks.